Street Cop, Life on the Beat. Welcome to Nostalgia, a chronological exploration of every NES game released in North America. I'm Mike. I'm Sean. And I'm Joe. And, you know, with a back of the box like that, this was really our chance for a DDR police game on the NES. Remember, we're always talking about DDR games on the NES. This was the one time they had it. Life on the Beat. Yeah, I mean, Oh, okay. yeah, it could be all so the police music. songs. Yeah, by the police. Tokyo Police Club. And <laughs> I, I, look, I like it better if it's just the police. Okay, yeah. yeah. I was surprised you could actually just like pull out of out of thin air like another band that also has police in there. Like you're 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 <laughs> on fire tonight, Joe. What can I say? Okay, so here's the real deal, though. This is a power pad game, as as I was alluding to there, but also like the power pad, just like the zapper in the episode before this. Uh, you know, we're getting these games, and I guess it's not, like, such a big deal with the Zapper, because that one pops up a little more frequently, but, like, this is weird now that the Power Pad was released in, like, 87, and had, a like, maybe a game or two in 88, and is just still, like, casually just being dropped these games, but at this point, you know, since I, since I gotta imagine you're not really just, like, picking up a Power Pad and a copy of Street Cop, like, together at once, right? It's a limited audience thing. These kinds of games, are they still worth it to just go power pad alone? Or should they start thinking about some kind of like dual functionality like we've been seeing with uh, the Zapper games where it's like, yeah, you could own a Zapper or you could just use your NES controller. I feel like with a game like this, especially where they, they tried to get um, a bit more interactive with what you're doing, that this is the kind of game that you would do it with. Um because this is probably the most ambitious power pad game we've played. Oh, for sure. But, you know, to to the point of, like, you know, the, the install base, you know, no one's buying a power pad anymore. I guess you could argue that because no one's buying a power pad anymore and because nobody's making power pad games for that reason, that the few people that are like, let's make a power pad game sort of corner that whole market of power pad owners like what are they gonna do this is the only <laughs> game that they have to buy i mean they're probably all gonna buy it because they bought the power pad and they want to justify it well uh, i think the the actual thing is power pad like diehards because i think by now probably 80 percent of the people that bought power pads have thrown them in a closet or in a basement and forgot they ever owned it <laughs> that's true, that's true. <laughs> that is a good point though joe because this is a bandai game and Bandai uh, were the ones who originally made the first version of the Power Pad, which was, I think, called, like, the, the Family Fitness something or, you know, one thing or another. And then, like, Nintendo was like, oh, that sounds great. Like, let's just buy the rights to that and license it as a Nintendo product. So oh, it, is, yeah. it is mostly, like, the makers of the Power Pad being like, well, we made this thing, so we're just going to keep selling you games based off of it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I guess that makes sense. And, and then... Yeah, if no one else is stepping in, then people are probably going to buy it. Unless, like you said, Sean, people might have been turned off by the power pad already from the earlier games. Yeah, and I would also just like to clarify um, that when I say that this is the most ambitious power pad game we've ever seen, it's a very low bar uh, to cross. Um, most of the games we've played have been 
the same game pretty much. Um, so, but, but it is still very different from those. Yeah, that, that's true. That's true. We did, you know, we get like mostly mini games built into these power pads. Like there's never been like a complete game. It's been like, you know, you're at a camp and you can do all these different types of activities or uh, you're doing gymnastics and here's your dance routine warm up and stuff like that. So to get an actual, uh, you know, video game experience out of this, like, a you know, where there's levels and uh, you're constantly, you know, progressing. That is an interesting uh, new addition to power pad games that we're seeing here in Street Cop. Yeah, for sure. But even Bandai doesn't really want you to play the game. Because in their own manual, they want you to do warm-ups before you start playing. And they even go on to suggest maybe, you know, stretching out your knees and stuff, just making sure you're all ready to go. So that eats into your time playing the game. Then they also said, be sure that you're not bothering anybody else while you're playing. So if you're in the living room and your sister wants to do something else in the living room, like, sorry, kid, you got to wait till your sister's done because Bandai said so. Yeah, it sounds like <laughs> the parents wrote this manual. Right. The last one, though, uh, one hour a day. That's all you can play for. That's an appropriate playing time. Bandai wants to make sure you don't finish their game the same day you bought it. So just an hour a day, fans. I do appreciate um, just like because I'm a very easily annoyed person. uh, So I appreciate that the makers of this game are just like, hey, maybe just stay out of people's way. Like, I I think that like after uh, like most like sound systems like in, in cars, they should they should like flash to who to the driver like hey maybe turn the music down uh, so. <laughs> yeah, mario should come up and say like hey you've been playing the music too long Lower it down. <laughs> so this is a game where uh you play as a street cop more more specifically i mean in the in the famicom version of this game it was called manhattan police so you're just like an nypd police officer street cop sounds weird i don't think there's like I don't think they get that kind of designation. Maybe somebody could tell me I'm wrong, and there are just people who are like, you're only ever going to be a street cop. You're the guy who just, uh, you know, catches people on the streets, and then there's the indoor cops, and they do different things. But I'm pretty <laughs> I, sure that's not I a think, real... <laughs> I, I think it's, like, not a, not a slang term, but I think it's, like, a, a layman's term for, a like, a beat cop. Yeah, I was going to say the same thing, which I do find interesting, because in the manual it says that he's always wanted to be a famous detective. But I don't think a street cop is the same thing as a detective. Very much not. <laughs> so so he failed. Yeah. He didn't, he didn't achieve his dream. So he's dealing with life on the beat, and uh, you as the player have to chase around these criminals that um, are wanted. You get, like, a wanted poster for each level of, like, trying to find these guys, but also you have to catch some other guys along the way. Um, and then, you know, in terms of, like, what you're actually doing... You have to step on the buttons of the power pad corresponding to the cop's actions. So there's uh, different buttons for for walking. There's different buttons for turning, uh, jumping, and clubbing. Uh, using your club is a power pad action, uh, which I guess you could club with your foot in that regard. But on screen, uh, the cop is only ever going to do it with his hands. And, and that's the general gist of the game. You are tracking down um, these, these criminals in your game, but you're... You're almost like, we need to talk about how you move as the police officer, because that's the challenge of the game, right? Is you being the power pad, translating that to the character, and then therefore trying to use that character to catch these criminals. Because if you're using it like a regular controller, catching these criminals would just be making sure that you're holding the D-pad 
in the same position that they're heading. But because you have the power pad, you have to play things a little differently. Yeah, so basically, like any power pad game, you have a standing position, and that's like the middle two buttons. I forgot which which specifically. Um, and that and just, you know, uh, oscillating between those two, that makes you walk. But then you've got these other buttons that, like, one is your turn button or two are your turn buttons and you have to like use those in conjunction with your standing buttons so that like you're you're actually turning and then you return to your standing position uh and then you've got your sidestep buttons with which are to each side of your standing buttons and then your action and club buttons are often in the corners even though you're doing that action with your hands you still have to like step into an awkward spot to like use your club um so it th- that's what I, why I'm, I that's what I meant in the earlier uh segment where like this would make more sense if maybe your controller was used as well because as complicated as the uh as the actual movement keys are um on the power pad uh it wouldn't be that much of a stretch if the things that you would normally be using your hands for were on the controller well, you can use the controller for the club. I, I don't know if it's made clear oh, in the manual, but you I have the option. <laughs> yeah. So I and, I and I I was thinking that too. I was like, that should just be the way it is. Like there shouldn't yeah. be a weird button you have to step on to use the object in your hand. But um, but yeah, I think that the personally, I think that the best way to do it is is also having using the controller for the clubbing. Yeah, but um, then you have to think about like the you know not that they had short cords on these things, but you know. Holding the pad and moving around the power, uh, moving around on the power pad. I could imagine that could be some recipe for disaster for certain <laughs> living rooms where yeah. you're getting like tangled up in your power pad. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure it happens, but it doesn't really ever require you to like move much. I mean, you'll pretty much stay in the center of the power pad and you'll use one foot to well, tap. If you need to jump. Or if you have to jump. But if you have to jump, you still just jump. You stay in one spot. Unless you jump, like, so high that you that you rip the NES out of the wall. Yeah, that's what I, but, that's the vision I have in my head now, I guess. <laughs> um, but, I, you know, I was kind of impressed with with a couple of the little things. Like, there were a couple things when I was thinking about it. I was like, well, this is dumb. Like, it's going to be awkward to, oh, you have to reach over. You have to press the button in front of you diagonally to turn to the right it just feels so unintuitive you know instead of like stepping to the side to the right (laughs) side to turn to the right but what i learned was you know as in practice if you (laughs) this is going to sound like really dumb but you you take your left foot and you kind of cross it over to in front of your right foot to, to press the button that it requires you to turn to the right and if you think about that motion, that is like one half step of turning to the right. Yeah. So like I, I felt like maybe that maybe that's obvious. It wasn't obvious to obvious. me at first. I was like, I think it's obvious when you have a power pad. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, yeah I probably. Think, <laughs> I, I understand what you're saying there, Joe, and and I think like the manual actually is its own worst enemy, and it, it's, it's the kind of game that like is just better off like testing out on your own. Uh, you know, using the using the power pad and seeing how the movement is done, because the manual goes through the process of like assigning everything to numbers and has this like weird way of even just on the on the page about how to operate the power pad. It has this like incomprehensible, like it looks like alien language to me of how to turn corners <laughs> of like 
be on six and seven, press three, go back to six and seven, yeah. press two. It's like, and, and it just continues yeah. to do that, though. It's like, you know, to make Ben change direction, step on uh, 13 and 11. It's like, don't. Don't explain it like that. Like, there's yeah. got to be the, the, be the best is the little diagram it has on that page there's that has like dia- the two, the six, the seven, the three, another six, and another seven, and just arrows pointing from like the six to the three and the seven to the two. And I'm just like, what is this telling yeah, me? What is take, this trying to tell me to do? You take the like little sections of this like uh, twelve button pad out of context and put them in weird <laughs> arrangements. Uh, yeah, that's definitely clear. Yeah, and then it's also they've two got, instructions that are stacked on top of each other, so it looks like one thing, yeah, but it's two separate things. And there's also, like, the full diagram of the pad that's also a diagram of plugging it into the NES. <laughs> so you've got, like, oh, use this button to turn left. Plug the the NES into the <laughs> TV. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. I love how it's got, it's got like it's got like a, like a line that describes what each button is for, and it's also got a line that just says, like, NES, like this is the NES. Yeah. <laughs> like, this is the plug. It's <laughs> like, so, yeah, we know what those things are already. Explain the power pad, right? And I'm not sure. I'm not sure if they could because I don't want to like be presumptuous about their intention here. But again, like Joe said, the game isn't like the movement isn't unbearable. It's not like turning is this four button input thing that is like impossible to do. However, you got to feel like they were trying to make it like the fact that. You know, you can't just walk so easily in this game is half the appeal of the game, right? It's like thinking about modern day quop, uh, where you're on like <laughs> track and field and you can only use Q, W, O, and P to move your body. Uh, I feel like in a way that is kind of the appeal here. If you were able to just be like, you know, marching on six and seven, and then if you start marching on six and two, the character turns to the left now and he walks that way. And then you have to go back to six and seven to walk straight. It's like, Theoretically, that could have worked, right? Like, they could have assigned oh, more. Man. I feel like they... that'd be a nightmare. No, yeah, yeah. But I'm saying, like, that would have been, like, a real body thing. However, I feel like that loses the appeal of the game, which is that, like, sometimes you're moving really fast as your cop and you're, like, gaining speed on on the person you're trying to capture. And other times you, like, get caught up in, like, the turning of directions or the movement of your character and you're walking really slow and it's like, ah, I'm not in control of the cop. Yeah. <laughs> I think yeah, that it takes any, a little bit of time. I think any comparison to Quop, like obviously that's not intentional. Like the, we we like that now because it sort of. It, I don't think that they had that level of uh, of of self uh, self awareness that like oh wow this is kind of a ridiculous game to control, but isn't that part of the fun? Like no, I think they were trying to make this the most comfortable comfortable experiences they could, uh, and Quop is sort of a modern. Uh, a modern thing. <laughs> yeah. Also, I want to point out that if you were to march on six and two after having turned, you would no longer be facing the television. And then it'd be even worse <laughs> yeah. if you turned again. You like your back would be turned to the television. Right. So right. I think that's like a, that's like a to... hurdle that they couldn't overcome. Yeah. Sure, but I guess you know, as in, as intuitive as I'm trying to make it sound, it is also just like. At that point, Sean, it is just better to not play this game with a power pad because, like, definitely controlling the cop isn't a smooth experience with the power pad. Like, I guess the bigger issue is is that they didn't make walking impossible on the power pad, but, you know, if, if if they were trying to make a smooth experience of being the cop and everything, I guess, like... You know, it's a double-edged sword because they're Bandai and they're trying to make a game for the power pad, but at a certain point, 
it'd be better uh, just experienced on a controller if they're just going for the smooth experience. Yeah, I, I get that. But, like, this game is so designed around the power pad that I am... You know, I, I think that this game proves to me something that none of the other game, power pad games have yet, That which is that there is any reason to, to make another game on the power pad. Like, like this game is designed around the power pad. I think the, the point, the, the, the primary point is to have something to do on the power pad, and the secondary point is to, like, be this... to, like, the rest of the game is, like, the secondary point. Like, I, I don't think that this game... If you were to make this game for a controller, then you might as well kind of throw out all the mechanics and, and make a game that makes more sense on the controller. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah, the, the 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 game as it stands, if you were to just put it on a D-pad, would be laughably easy and you'd be done in 15 minutes. Right, right exactly. because because the objective here of you know tracking down these enemies and stuff like that, uh, they do give you a a map that you can see your position and the enemy's positions and stuff like that. But these aren't like crazy mazes or anything like that. Some of them have, lead to dead ends and stuff that could work for or against you. Uh, but for the most part, it's it's about being able to keep up with your enemies and turn corners, um, you know, quickly and stuff like that. I, I would say, if anything, that's that's the like interesting part of the game, though, right? Is like the as you go on in the stages, the the levels and the mazes become a little more intricate in the amount of like turns and and where you can go and how you can explore. Uh, you know, I, I don't know if like. We want to talk about if that's like a complete enough experience. Uh, just just chasing down enemies is that enough of a game or not? I think for a, a power pad game, yeah, because that's more game than we've ever had. Every other every other thing that came out for this peripheral has been run fast or jump high or that a combination of the two because that's really all you can do. At least this has some context to it aside from a competition. Yeah, I was going to say pretty much the same thing. I think that if you were if you were a power pad owner in the 1989, then yes, this is definitely like enough at least it feels like enough because maybe because of the illusion of having so little from all the other games that this feels like wow, this is a full experience. I don't know that that's necessarily true today or even like probably a couple of years later when people look back on this game, but like at the time I feel like it almost feels like uh they went above and beyond compared to other other developers or other games rather it just feels a little bare at times though because you'll have uh you know in later uh levels you have like things you have to jump over right obstacles in your way and and it's it's sparse though there are some actually many rooms in this game when you're exploring that like theoretically if the enemy wasn't spawned there nothing is happening on that particular uh, you know, part of the level or in those rooms when you start navigating the rooms and stuff like that. They're just very bare. And I wonder if there was a way that they could have made this more of a more of a video game. You know, we're saying like, hey, this is definitely the most game we've gotten out of the power pad. But if they made it more of a platformer in the sense of like, you know, walking and jumping and controlling all of that, if they if they built that more into the stages, if like the first half was running around these mazes and then the second half with the boss was more of a, a platforming experiment rather than just a continuation of the first half. 
Yeah, I agree. Now that now that you mentioned that, I, I do. I think that like there was some like, oh, this evolves. Now there's like some jumping, and now there's like you know these items you find. But yeah, I think it all happens so spaced out and so slowly that the whole game feels kind of empty. You're right. It would have been nice to have like I don't know a little more. I don't. I don't know if it uh, needed. If it needed like more like uh, platforming or, or or something like that because the the input method and the space that you're occupying in this game is already kind of novel and um it's it's a bit more difficult that, uh when you're actually playing it than you would with a controller so I I don't know if it needed more obstacles I think that would that would create much more frustration than it would more fun. Um, because your input is already kind of a challenge. Well, I, but you know, yeah. if you're if you're being like Super Mario, right? Like on the power pad, <laughs> most of your inputting is just going to be stepping on the same, you know, six and seven over and over again, as if you're marching in place, and then just actually jumping when you build up enough momentum to jump to the next platform or something like that. I'm not saying they should have made this a Super Mario Brothers game, but I think like. That kind of thing, you know, yes, it could get messy if they made if they required you to do like a lot of quick turns or also using items at the same time or clubbing action at the same time. But I think just the idea of a game where you're running and 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 there's more peril in your way could have been fun if they had, you know, designed it as such. Not if they just like randomly placed that throughout the levels, but if they actually like designed some platforming challenges. I'm not just talking about like you know, jumping over roofs or something, um, you know, just, just the idea of some form of running and jumping, that's like the NES's bread and butter. So it's like, I think that could have worked well on a power pad. Yeah, I, I just think that, like, if there were any, if you had any more uh, precision necessary to play this game uh, correctly, I think that would just be a recipe for disaster with how frustrating it could be. I, I was just going to suggest that even if it's not like precision based jump, even if it's like okay, there's there's extra time bonuses up above you in some levels, you just jump. Just to give you a, like, I know it sounds dumb, but like just to give you a reason to jump, you have this power pad and it and it gives you the option to jump. I mean, you know, just to give you a reason to like do something else, collect these things, and they'll you know they'll give you like a bonus or they'll give you an extra item or something. Or, you know, it doesn't, and, and I think we're like hung up on jumping, but I think like what, you know, what I was sort of agreeing with was that it does, after a while, the game does feel kind of repetitive once the novelty of the, the, the power pad stuff wears off. So like, yeah, I, I do think it would be nice to have like something else going on by like later stages instead of just kind of similar things with like a more complex maze. Um, but yeah, like I, I agree that if it's like, if you're doing like like actual Mario esque jumps, like jump directly on this Koopa or or don't jump down this hole, that would get really frustrating. But if it's just something that like gives you another reason to do this activity that the power pad is like supposed to make you do, it'd be nice. Yeah, Bandai even positions it as like it takes your entire body to operate the power pad, just like a sport. And with our Street Cop, you can exercise both your brain and body. While you enjoy yourself playing, and so I think I think you're on the right page there, Sean. Of even like what Bandai was thinking of, like these games don't have to be that hard because the the enjoyment of them is that your your body is the controller. Like that's the novelty of it, right? I think that's the novelty and the like the the difficulty curve. I think if you're not, I think uh, this is not um, the same kind of challenge that that we usually get from a video game. Like you're going to 
if you play this game for long enough, you're going to be out of breath and you're not going to be fast enough sometimes uh, or agile enough to, to get to your guy. So that it's sort of the, the challenge is built into your body. So other than the, like, I guess, normal street criminals that you find in this game, each uh, catching enough of those criminals eventually leads up to taking down the, the guy who was wanted in that particular stage. Uh, so whether you're at the park or um, the warehouse or specifically Harlem in New York City. Um, yeah. I don't know why that's a thing, but like, so if you're at any of these stages, like eventually it says like, you know, this is the guy um, who's wanted. And that's like, this is where the game, I guess, gets a little more interesting because they have a specific quirk to them um, and a thing that, uh, you know, whether it's an item or a type of strategy that you'll need in order to uh, take them down successfully. I don't know if you guys want to talk about these guys. We don't have to go about each of them like in depth or anything, but this was some nice flavor to an otherwise uh, kind of bland game of everybody just looking the same or or n- not really standing out. The, these enemies, these bosses, do stand out. Yeah, they give you like a, a little goal to like go, go towards. Like, oh, like there's the guy I saw at the beginning. This little cutscene at the beginning. Or are they all purse snatchers? They all like punch someone and, and steal something, and run away. But you see them at the beginning of each level, and then you, it's satisfying to see them at the end and kind of feel like it's like a like a boss fight. Yeah, I, I, they have some really, uh, goofball energy in their descriptions. Uh, uh, like, I think my favorite is Bloody Betty, and I'm just gonna read it word for word from the manual. Um, she's 19. She's a former female gang leader, now a habitual extorter, good at knife throwing. Initially, Betty was a good kid at a poverty stricken family. Um, I'm sorry but a poverty-stricken family environment and a cruel world have turned her into a cold-hearted person. She has a habit of saying, it's all because of poverty. And (laughs) I just, okay, first of all, like, that's that's so fucking stupid, but I just love (laughs) the image in my head of, like, somebody committing a crime, like, stealing my wallet, and then as they run away, just like, ha-ha, it's all because of poverty. (laughs) That's Dude, a very God. Eric Andre thing to have happen to you in New York City. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I liked uh, Big Burger. He is an eat and run offender. That's why that's why you're chasing him down. He has he has committed too many <laughs> dine and dashes, I think is what we would call them, but they're making it sound a little more uh, deadly with eat and run. Um but I think like, you know, but when you get to stage 4, right? And you're at the construction site and you're taking down Big Burger, at that point like if we're just taking, if we're still just taking down guys who have dined and dashed, like how serious is this cop? Like he has nothing better to do with his time. Like I guess former female gang leader at age nineteen, which assumes that she was a gang leader, you know, when she was sixteen or something. Specifically, a female gang leader. You right, have to right. keep that in mind. Well, right. yeah, because back then they wouldn't let the gangs mix. You were either in a male <laughs> yeah, gang or right. a female gang. <laughs> wait a minute. Okay, wait. So she was the leader of a female gang, or she was just a gang leader who happens to be female. Hmm. Hmm. We should well, look into this. I don't think you would ever have to specify the gender of the person. If you know, like a former female gang leader. Yeah, but it's like 1989. You know, gang. they're like, oh, they're like, yeah, you know, they're like, they're just not as progressive. 
Yeah. Got it. Got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like making it known. They're like a little girl gang leader. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which again would still beg the question: Is she leading a gang of little girls or not? I think we don't have all the, <laughs> the English language. Yeah. The English language is not complex enough to give us this information, right? right. Uh, and then it all, of course, it, it it all builds up to taking down uh, Don Mayon Cheese or uh, Maywan Cheese or something. I have like, no idea what they're trying to do with that. Like, are they trying to make it sound Italian? Because it doesn't sound Italian. Yeah, I'm thinking. Yeah. I thought it was trying to go with like something, some pun on like mayonnaise or something, but then with cheese in there, and I was, I guess cheese is on some Italian. Don Mayon cheese. <laughs> Mayon cheese. There you go. Mayon cheese. And <laughs> uh, he's really the second boss of the Mayon cheese mafia family, and he's a coward who hates anything and everything painful, uh, even if it's just if it's just an, an inoculation. inoculation. <laughs> <laughs> that that is so specific. And- He's been quoted as saying as such. He says, "You know what? I just hate when things are painful. In you know, even if it's just an inoculation." Here, here's the thing, though. Okay. <laughs> He's the second boss of the mafia family. Is that implying that he's not top dog, or is he just like the second it's, in yeah. the line? Another another unclear aspect of the English <laughs> language. There's no way for us to know. I uh, see. I took it as he's. <laughs> yeah, I didn't think of it the other way, but I took it as he's the like he's the number two in command. And I was like, wow, this is like he's like a consigliere. Like, oh, they, they said like that the the cop, uh, the main character was like just out of uh, the police academy. So I was like, are they really sticking to be like that realistic? Well, like, well, a rookie cop would never take down the actual Don of uh, of the whatever the mob. Well, so, like, I, I feel like, wow, like really his name uh, is actually just Don. And not, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and not the Don. But then again, you know, just impossible yeah. to tell. And the Mafia family—that's just their last name is Mafia. He's just—he's just the <laughs> boss. Uh, Don Mancheese, which again we still don't know if we're saying that right. He has an interesting, um, like, quirk about his final boss fight, though, where I feel like he doesn't really like leave the the middle plane of battlefield. So, like, you can just kind of, like, you know, walk out and and be on the other sides of the room. And, like, he can't understand that concept of, like, you're on the far side of the room and he's still just hanging out in the middle, pacing back and forth. Granted, the second you join him in the middle, he's ready to shoot at you. So I guess that's worth something. I just thought that was interesting that he wasn't really um, familiar with the idea of, like, walking around rooms just... Immediately in the middle of them. Well, he's not going to get close to you because he's too cowardly to do so. But that would also imply that he would try and get away from you. So who knows? Also, with this game's protagonist being all about walking and running and and, and movement, I think that makes Don Manchis a perfect foil to the <laughs> protagonist. He doesn't move at all. <laughs> that is so funny and so true. And I think Bandai was, you know, making some commentary there. Right, yeah. It's, has, uh, it's really no, well written. He has no fear of dogs either, um, which is important to note because even though that seems like just some color commentary, uh, you do have like a dog that you can call to in this game, and that will do nothing for you uh, against uh, Don Mayon Cheese. I, I wish that I could just describe myself um, in like just non sequitur things that I'm not. Like, I, I, I'm specifically not into lettuce. Um, <laughs> I don't know. 
Uh, that that one didn't hit, but I, you, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> no, I get you. I mean, like the, all these people are describing themselves strangely because you even have um, Speedy Lewis over in Harlem, and he his hands can move so fast that he's convinced robbery <laughs> is his life's calling. It's like that's what he decides to do with fast fingers. Like he could be an amazing secretary. That's true. That's true. Making an honest living, but that is poverty for you. <laughs> it's all because of it. I briefly mentioned uh, the dog, and that made me realize that we haven't talked about items at all. Uh, not that they're like, you know, they're, they're not the most important thing in this game, but they, they are a thing that you have to use to uh, track down certain um, certain wanted characters or uh, just, just to use against them to have a, a better shot for them. So, guys, the items in this game... It's weird how you find them, though, too, right? Like, not that this game was grounded in realism or anything, but taking down enemies and then just having, like, the items appear felt a little cheap. Again, I felt like this was a moment where you could have, like, stumbled across them in the environment where you have to, like, open a box or something or you go inside the buildings and and there's, like, you know, instead of all these empty rooms in these buildings, there's meaningful content in these rooms where you can find these items, but... There are some things where it's like you go into one room and you find an item in there, like like the orange is in the warehouse, which is where you know that's where oranges are. Well, that's the um, yeah, that's the um, the Tropicana Orange Warehouse. That's what it is. Yeah, yeah. Right. You can <laughs> right, find right. like you can find mustard or something in a in a restaurant. I think that yeah, that kind of yeah, makes sense. Shop. Uh, but yeah, some of them don't make sense. Like I don't know what was going on at this police academy, but um, uh, the. You, the you're you're the cop. Um, you you can just like throw firecrackers at at people, and I feel like that's that's not really protocol. And then you have like you can throw cans of coke specifically, um, but also they're bombs. Like I, I don't know if if that's if that's legal in the NYPD specifically. Yeah, I don't know if you're allowed yeah, to use well, bombs, but the enemies have no problems using them on you too. So I guess it's fair game, right? It's like, oh, if he's gonna throw a bomb at me, I'm gonna throw a bomb right back. <laughs> well it also says like I, th- I think somewhere in the manual I can't find it right now but oh yeah here uh, oh no there, there's somewhere in the manual where it says oh throw a bomb to to knock down the enemy and there's like something else like shoot the bullet to to slow down. down the enemy like, yeah. <laughs> those, those aren't what bullets and bombs do like, I mean it does you know, slow okay. people down that's true that's true actually they're just not being super specific mm-hmm. yeah in a 2D NES game can we really tell where that bullet went for all we know, you're shooting them in like you know the the meatiest part of their leg, where it just like knocks them down, but they they won't die from it. You know, they, they just suffer complications. Yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> complications. Right. Yeah, people die from complications. Anyway, yeah. more items in this game. I mean, you know, like uh, I don't know what else to say here, but like you know, it's a colorful assortment. Like Sean was saying about the Coke can and stuff like that, or or the mustard, and you know, these these are like I guess. These items make somewhat sense when you think about, like, the stages you find them in. Like, stage four is where the mustard is, and that's where uh, Burger Bill is and stuff. So, like, I get it, but it's just a, it's an odd assortment of, uh, of power-ups, if you will. And I found that they're not even really necessary. Yeah. A lot of them. Like, you could just use your club for most things. <laughs> yeah, there are some that are, like, built in to be necessary, but, yeah, the other ones, like, I mean, the bullet... Is nice. I mean, it would be nice to have a gun, I guess, too. But 
but yeah, you just get a bullet, and you know, I find it interesting how generic all of the items are. You just got an orange or a bullet or mustard or the VMAX turbo drink. Just all <laughs> generic things you find lying around your house. Right. Absolutely. But you, you know, you don't need the bomb to stop Speedy Lewis. But you might want the VMAX turbo drink since that lets you like run faster to keep up with him. Like, true. I, I get that. You know. Um. So so the items. It's almost in a way to help with Sean's point earlier of like not making this game any more complicated than just your body being the inputs. It's nice that the items aren't like mandatory and like you have to perfectly time a thrown bomb in order to proceed with taking down Speedy Lewis. Like it's like eh, if you do it, great. It makes the fight a little easier. If you don't, no sweat. You got your baton. You beat the <laughs> shit out of him. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I'm looking at the manual. Can I just point out one more thing that I find interesting in the way that they made this manual with for the items specifically? Sure. Is that, uh, so if you look on the page with the items, there's, the first column has four items and it fills up the whole page. But the second and third column only have three items, which leaves two empty spots below there. But instead of putting the two other items in the game below there, they put one paragraph that encompasses, that covers both of those two empty spots that just says, there are other items in the game that increase Ben's power and lengthen the time. But they don't tell you what it is. And there's two <laughs> spots right there that can just tell you what those items are. Maybe they, they wrote this before they finished the game. Maybe. And they're like, well, we don't know what those are going to be. It just feels very <laughs> like... It feels very like Gilligan's Island and the rest for me when there's only two people left <laughs> and you took up the space that you would put the, the the two items. Might as well just use that space to tell us what those items are. Well, they're also using asterisks for like bullet point lists here, which I get. And then all of a sudden, it's not formatted with the rest of the bullets. It says that thing about there are other items and that just makes that look like a, a reference note for an asterisk yeah it looks like so it's that, supposed to be a footnote right like a, yeah so that so then you go back up and you're like oh this is a, a bullet but are there other bullets is that why the asterisk is also next to that one like uh there are other <laughs> bullets in this game there are yeah. other, like keys if you will yeah there are bullets <laughs> every item has another form that increases ben's power and one that lengthens the time available for ben followed up on the next page by playing too much is not good for your health in all capitals bold print <laughs> largest print i've seen on any page so far I, they really went above and beyond here to make sure that they didn't get sued in the united states yeah <laughs> hey if we're getting to the nitty-gritty above that it says be sure to do knee bends jumps and so on is that like is there an, a common order we should all know after knee bends and jumps like what what's next well there are other like, warm-ups it... that can increase your uh, power or right. lengthen your time of playing the game well, so on, they top could have told that, what those were. on top and, of all wait that, wait a minute, too. I'm not done with the oh, knee bends done. and jumps. Okay. My theory is that it's knee bends, jumps, and then lands. Because you do the knee bend, next you do the jump, and what do you do once you're in the air? The next thing you do is land. You do so do that. So that's what they didn't tell you. Well, my thing is that, like, if, if this weren't a complicated enough manual already, it then says this equipment generates and uses radio frequency energy and is not installed or used properly, that is, in strict accordance with the FCC manufacturing instructions may cause interference to radio and television reception. Wow. That is, I've actually never read that. <laughs> yeah. That actually sounds very like sci-fi to me. It's on I just all of Don't worry about it. I just thought we should well, read I know the it's entire on manual. Them, but <laughs> but I, I, I've never actually read the compliance with FCC regulations. This might be the best example of a manual that's more fun than the game. <laughs> like you know like when you get the joy out of reading a manual we really <laughs> dug through the manual 
in terms of the actual game, it's like it's the very it's first walking. It. Si- it's a walking simulator. <laughs> Oh, God. It's so funny how we do this. Like <laughs> That's mod- true. <laughs> right. But we do this with modern things all the time, like Sean said earlier with Quop. It's like they didn't know about Quop. They weren't trying to be Quop. Like, <laughs> stop stop making Quop like in a, in a comparison. It's the same thing with all of these things. It's so funny because at the end of the day, they were just trying to make money. That's all they cared about. <laughs> they were just trying to sell a game for children to buy because they happened to already buy their power pad. No, Can you believe I think that this we is talk someone's about passion this? project. <laughs> You've made me like just view this podcast in a completely different way. I feel like I feel like I'm being taken advantage of now. Well, if you think that your time is being taken advantage of, Sean, wait till you hear us take advantage of the listeners' time, where we continue to talk about Street Cop <laughs> in a little thing we call the Essential Games List. Joe, you've had a lot to say, so I want you to be the first to say whether Street Cop is an essential game or not. Well, I did mention that I, I think that this is the first power pad game that like that like somewhat a little bit to me justifies the existence of the power pad. You know, it feels like it's a full experience that uses the power pad in a way that I'm like, oh okay, I get it. Like I'm playing as the cop and it's like these little archaic movements that sort of translate and and it works in that sense. And and I'll also say that I that I'm you know, I always like seeing something that that tries something new, or you know, this this has, you know, it has a cute little story, and it has a little bit of like you know different environments and, and interesting things. So in that sense, like, it's not. I think it's the best power pad game we've played, and I think that if you have a power pad and you're itching to play it, definitely pick up this game. Any for any other reason though. Like, there's no, don't go seeking out a power pad. There's no reason to get it. I, I don't think that this game is, uh, is anywhere near what we would call essential. But I'll just say, I think as far as the power pad games go, this is the best one. It can get pretty, um, pretty stale after a while, though. So overall, I'm going to say not essential. As far as I'm concerned, even if this is a good power pad game, there is no such thing as hidden gems for the power pad. <laughs> uh, I, I would never do that. Um, the, the the bottom line is, is like the power pad being an older technology accessory, right? So like something that was meant to be novel at the time, uh, it's almost, it's a challenge in itself to, to design the games around that, uh, experience, right? Like for this one, they're like, make sure you use side B and, uh, there's, you know, there's two sides to the power pad and everything like that. But that was like a design challenge and like a new way to try and take uh to take on video games and um you know street cop certainly uh you know completed an idea on on paper and in the actual game like what what you get is on the back of the box and what you read about is like exactly what you're doing and it's not like there's like glaring glitches or it's not fair to you or anything like that it's just that because it's a power pad game and because this thing is just like missing all the things that make like current day VR fun, but we don't know if the VR games of today will be fun in 40 years. It's like these things don't age that well. And so I, I really struggle to even think about the kind of power pad game that would make the essential games list. And it's definitely not this one for me. So it's out, but Sean, let us know what you think. Um, yeah, I, I pretty much agree with what's been said. Uh, 
this is at least the most unique power pad game we've played but and uh yeah it's not essential but i guess if we want to go into just the context of the power pad um i don't know if there are any more after this i kind of hope not um but even if there are some uh i think this is this was too little too late i think by the time that this game comes out the install base for the power pad has dropped dropped off a cliff maybe if this game came out a little earlier in the power pads life uh and showed that you can do more than just do summer camp and like olympic games and stuff like maybe there would have been more interest in developing for this um but no this i think that this proves the quality of this game proves that the entire power pad lineup is kind of a failure a big statement there at the end can't say i disagree uh you know but it's worth noting again because we just did the zapper the week before and we're not so harsh on the zapper something about the the way that they designed that accessory to work with the nes i think works a lot better than absolutely your body being the controller i think that it, it just they went so far ahead into the future for something that just wasn't there yet but the zapper was like yeah i mean that was already happening in arcades and you know light gun games and even just like uh carnival games had that kind of experience already so it was like it was easy easier sorry to translate that for the nes so i think like we're not saying accessory video games are bad or anything it's just that when you make uh novelty games like that it it takes a lot of extra work to make them you know considerable to today's games yeah I agree. Next week, we have Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Uh, We've been hearing from a lot of our listeners that they're very excited for this episode. I just want to remind everybody we are playing the very first Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and uh, not the arcade game or anything like that. We are playing the one on the NES, as as it should be, because we play these games in chronological order. Uh, And for, you know, for like the sneak peek on that, it's like this is a Konami game. So we're pretty hype on Konami, and we're pretty hype on the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, right? Obviously, we'll get into it more. I never stated that. Oh, okay. We'll get into it more next week about our turtle knowledge. <laughs> but, uh, you know, we're, I'll, I'll give a little turtle power to everybody out there listening, and so maybe you can carry that through you for the week. Because remember, <laughs> new episodes every week, okay? Every Friday, new episodes. If you didn't listen to an episode, like, you're like... Hey, whatever happened to Mega Man 2? It's like, guys, we already recorded that. Go back, listen to it. It's okay to listen to episodes again. I get it. You're eating a bowl of cereal and you're like, ah, I don't like the the void of my life without any uh, nostalgia in it. You can play older episodes while you wait for Fridays to come around. All right, we're done.